chapter 2, verse 1. It's Christmas, right? And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was the house and lineage of David. To be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was while they were there. The days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling cloths, lied him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. So classic Christmas passage. Read at Christmas, we typically, uh, I don't think we've missed one. We we read at Christmas morning uh, and, you know, the kids are just happy to do it, to read a Bible passage before they open gifts. And, um, (laughs) And so... Uh, we do. We read it every every Christmas. Now, this is a classic passage. Uh, the second passage that perhaps you've read, not a passage, portion of literature that perhaps you've read at Christmas is this. And I'll try to do it with a little bit of an accent. Um, Molly was dead. To begin with, there is no doubt whatever about that. The register of his burial was signed by the clergyman, clerk, the undertaker, the chief mourner. Scrooge signed it, and Scrooge's name was good upon change for anything he chose to put his hand to. Old Molly was as dead as a doornail. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Yes. Um, (laughs) The Christmas carol, right? Not scripture. It's a Christmas carol. And uh, Charles Dickens wrote that. It's Ebenezer Scrooge, right? Ebenezer Scrooge. And he's met by the spirit of his long dead associate, Jacob Marley. And Marley, Marley warns him that he would be visited by three spirits, right? The ghost of Christmas past. Very good. Ghost of Christmas Present and the ghost of Christmas future, right? And we watch this. Perhaps you watch uh, some version of, of A Christmas Carol. And, um, and every time, start to weep as Ebenezer Scrooge is a changed man. And, and it, you know, it, 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 it's classic for sure. And, and, I, Obviously not scripture, but we are going to take this as an outline. I am not preaching from the Christmas carol this morning, I promise. Um, But Christmas past, Christmas present, and Christmas future. So that every time you watch that movie, you can remember uh, some real depth of, of what Christmas is about. Today, we consider Christmas past, all right? So... Here we are in Luke chapter 2, verse 1. Notice verse 1. And it came to pass. Now, not a whole lot that we could see there. We could just say, well, it happened. Some translations, and it happened. 
right? And the Christmas story starts there. It just happens. Bless you. But I think it's meaningful because you know that this has been led up to for centuries, uh, millennia, right? That there was a plan to save the world. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 20 says this. God indeed, uh, Jesus, I'm sorry, he, that's the he there, indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world was manifest in these last times for you. So Peter talks about the past. I want to go there. When was Jesus determined to die on the cross for us? When was he to be a sacrifice? It was before the foundation of the world. So let's turn. It's easy to find. Turn to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. Now, we've gone here recently, I know, but um, this is where Christmas past comes in. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. So easy to find. First verse in the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So when did Jesus, when was Jesus foreordained to die for us? It was before Genesis 1-1. So we're looking at Genesis 1-1, but to find out when Christmas past really started, we have to go back further. Now, we don't actually have it written down here other than what Peter says, but there was some kind of agreement made, a plan made before verse 1 of the whole book of Genesis, the whole Bible, that God decided he was going to save us. When you think about God's eternity, it should blow your mind just a little bit. Imagine before Genesis 1-1, I don't know where to go, (laughs) right? And there's God, and he's already got a plan to save us. Now, as you read the Bible, you find out it wasn't exactly because we needed it, because none of us were born yet. Man wasn't even created yet when God made this plan. It wasn't because he had to, because God doesn't have to do anything, but it was because he wanted to. Um, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 5 says this, it was according to the good pleasure of his will. God, before any of us were ever even born, before Adam came into being, God said, this is what I want to do. I want to save people. And, and, And so he determines it. Now God goes on to create everything. And then in chapter three, you can turn there if you want. It's not hard. Um, In chapter 3, we see not much has really happened that we know of. Adam has been created. Eve is created with him. And and they've named the animals. That's pretty much all we got. (laughs) They gave all the animals names. And then started one of the greatest dumpster fires in all of history. (laughs) Right? (laughs) They fell into sin. They jumped into sin, right, you know, uh, with both feet. And, and 
God shares a message in chapter 3, verse 15, that you should know. I will put enmity between you, the serpent, and the woman, between your seed and her seed, capital S in our Bibles, and he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. So this is the first mention we have of God's plan to save man. I am going to crush the serpent's head. One will come to crush the serpent's head. He'd be known as the anointed one or the Messiah. And God makes this promise from the very beginning. Like I said, all we had an opportunity to do was name the animals, you know? And we mess it up and sin enters the world, but God has a plan to, to save. Now, turn a little further, since it's easy to find, Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12, time has gone by. Noah has already, uh, you know, floated around on the ark for a good long time and found dry land and God has started over. Um, and then a man named Abram is called from his homeland, from his family in chapter 12. And God tells him, I have a plan. Now look at verse three. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, in your family, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now this is a hint to what God was going to do. Abraham, I choose you. For no good reason, I choose you to bring about this promised one, this Messiah. Now, if we fast forward just a little bit, we're just spinning through time at this point. Um, Genesis chapter 49, turn a little further down, the most we've ever turned, I think. Genesis chapter 49, verse 10. A little further down the way, uh, Abraham's grandson, Jacob, is about ready to die, and he's blessing his children. He's giving them a blessing. He's telling them about things to come. In chapter 49, verse 10, he tells his son Judah, the scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh comes, and to him shall be the obedience of the people. So here, Jacob tells his son Judah that the, the scepter won't depart from his line. Now, this in itself is kind of crazy because there was no scepter in the line of Judah. Uh, he was not a king, uh, but his descendant, David, would become king. And then he mentions here, until Shiloh comes. Now, the word Shiloh means one who is appointed. It's the one that we talked about in Genesis chapter 3, who God planned before he even created planet Earth would come and save us. It's Jesus. And, and so God has not forgotten the plan. And you could fast forward through history. We won't do it. And in Moses and Joshua and King David and then the prophets. And the prophets come around in a very dark time. The, the, the prophets came in a very dark time, and they spoke more and more, it seems, about what God planned to do. So turn to Isaiah chapter 9. And now we start 
hearing Christmas carols, and <laughs> we start, uh, not really, but we, <laughs> we, start, we, start, we start feeling it. We start feeling Christmas here in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. All right, Isaiah 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from this time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. In a very dark time, the prophets came and nobody really listened for the most part, but prophets like Isaiah here remind the people, God's gonna do what he said he's gonna do. God's government will be on earth. Things will change. About that same time, about that same time, a prophet named Micah comes. Now do your best to turn to Micah chapter five, verse two. If not, go ahead and just fake it and uh, we'll just read it. (laughs) Do your best. (laughs) Micah chapter five, verse two. says this, but you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, the little town of Bethlehem, is that what we're talking about here in Micah? Yep, that little town. Bethlehem, though you are little, among the thousands, that's where we get it from, little town, Uh, among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come, in the future, forth to me, the one. That should inspire us a little bit. Micah here tells the people, hey, Bethlehem, out of you shall come the one. The one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from old, from everlasting. You mean like from eternity everlasting? From eternity everlasting. It's Jesus. It's God the Son would be born in Bethlehem. This one is coming from Bethlehem. And this, of course, is the message of Christmas past. God promised and planned. And back to Luke chapter 2, verse 1. We see it's no small thing that it says here, and it came to pass. God's purpose always comes to pass. There are a few things. There are a few things that God can't do. I thought God could do everything. There's a few things, a couple things that God can't do. He can't learn, right? It's impossible for God to ever learn anything new. Oh, I didn't know that. God will never say that. God knows everything. Um, He can't learn and he can't lie. It's impossible for God to lie. So check it out. 
Whatever God says is going to happen is going to happen. Uh, Now, the promise here is more than just his birth. We'll see that. Christmas present, Christmas future. It's more than just about Jesus' birth, but that's what we celebrate at Christmas time. But God knew it, and God decided on it before anything was ever created, and it came to pass. Now, notice what else in chapter 2. He did it with or without man, (laughs) right? In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the world should be registered, or some versions would say, Taxed. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. So picture Caesar, Augustus. Uh, he's the king, and he's, he's Augustus. At least that's what he called himself, right? He's kind of becoming. He's, he's uh, pretty big in his own mind, at least. And there's Caesar. He's sitting on the throne uh, there in Rome, perhaps. And, and maybe... Someone's peeling him a grape. I have no idea why you would peel a grape, but maybe. It just seems right, you know? And he's sitting there with people fanning him, Caesar Augustus. And he thinks to himself, hmm, I have an idea. Um, we need to count our people. We need to tax our people because I've been spending a lot of money and we need taxes. So here's what I think we should do. Well, should we, should we, you know, just send people around to tax all of, all of your empire? No, that's too difficult. Have them go to their home territory. Have them go to their ancestral home. Why? Because I'm Caesar, for goodness sake, <laughs> you know? And he makes a proclamation for no reason, really, other than because he wanted to. That all the world, all the Roman world should be taxed. And we see that it causes discomfort, right? Notice verse 4. Joseph also went up from Galilee, uh, the city of Nazareth, into Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because that's where his house and lineage was from. And he was registered with, verse 5, with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. Now, now, notice, Joseph and Mary go from Nazareth to Bethlehem. Well, that's not too bad because it's, it takes two hours and five minutes to get from Nazareth to Bethlehem by car. <laughs> on modern roads, <laughs> two hours and five minutes. It takes, you can do this on your, on your Google Maps, uh, it takes walking 31 hours on modern roads. 31 hours on modern roads to get from Nazareth to Bethlehem. And Mary is with child. Now she's just about ready to have this baby. So he, she's with, capital with, child. <laughs> and... And, and here they are. Just think about this for a second. Here they are walking on the road, much more than 31 hours, I'm sure, and not straight. Takes days. And they're walking. And every step, that lousy king, 
trip over a rock. Ah, Caesar Augustus, ah, you know? Like, what? how could you do this to me? It's not what I wanted. I have better things to do than walk from Nazareth to Bethlehem. But God had, had a plan. And Caesar maybe thought it was his idea, but God had a plan. God's plan prevails. Now, think about Joseph and Mary for just a second. How frustrating was that? How uncomfortable was that? It was so uncomfortable. When somebody else out of your control changes your life and your comfort, we can get pretty frustrated when the government changes uh, our comfort and, and, and makes some kind of rule or something like that. We go, ah, how could they do that? Weren't they thinking about me? <laughs> um, we can get frustrated when life throws us a curveball, a change that we weren't looking for. And, and I know there are plenty of us, even today, who are frustrated with those kinds of things. But we take comfort in the fact that God is always in control. God will get us where he wants us to be. That's a wonderful thing. Why does God even care? He does. He's got a plan, and it's a good plan. And, and yet we can get so upset and so frustrated, and he understands for sure. But God has a plan. Now, here, this is beyond their control. Um, and yet God was, was working for something amazing. And Jesus was born in Bethlehem just the way God had said some 700 years before. Just the way God intended and what we see in this, though, too, it's God's power and God's plan, but God's heart. And he is so good to lead us, even when we don't realize it, you know. Uh, he leads us, and he's so considerate and compassionate and kind. It wasn't any good thing that any of us did, and yet God, according to his good pleasure, he wanted to save us. He loved us. Now, I think um, certainly we can be stubborn and we can go our own direction. And, you know, you have times like uh, Jonah. I was just thinking about Jonah. Well, I thought about Mary and Joseph going where they never intended to go and yet God's plan. I think about Jonah who's told, go to Nineveh. He says, all right, Tarshish, <laughs> you know, and he goes the opposite way. Now, God still gets him where he wants him to go, uh, but he bloodies his knuckles just a little bit on that one, I think, um, trying to go where God didn't want him to go. Um, we can sort of resist a kind God, a considerate God who loves us. But really, the story of Christmas is that while we were still sinners, while we were totally messed up, God 
started moving towards a way to bless us and save us. Um, Christmas past, for sure, is all in the mind of God. It's all in the heart of God. And uh, what, a, what a wonderful thing that God cares. He certainly doesn't have to, but yet he, he cares. God, um, I just want to thank you that in spite of what life looks like for us sometimes, God, you are always in control, and we can rest in that. God, in, in spite of the ways like, like Jonah sometimes, we determine to do our own thing. God, you don't exactly give up on us, and that's good. God, but thank you that it was just your good pleasure. It made you smile to, to go so far to save us. So much that you did for us, and we forget. God, help us to remember this Christmas uh, just how much you really do love us. In Jesus' name we pray.